I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And this is The Aftermath of Sex. I'm a certified nurse midwife. And I'm a registered nurse. And this is not medical advice. Hey, hey, you're going to get a <laughs> you're going to get a duplicate intro today because we realize that we're terrible. We are we're terrible at this mm-hmm. and we keep forgetting cuz we just like to jump right into it. We love to talk to y'all yeah. and each other. But the best way to support us is to like us. But by like us, I mean like us really, but then hit the like button. Hit the like button. And then share us. Mm -hmm. And the more you do that, the more people see our show, the more listeners we get, and the easier it will be for us to maintain what we're doing. And um, yeah, so if you could like us, follow us, review us, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. And also, please send us your stories, your birth adventures, badgy tales, you know, those things. All the stories. Yeah. Think about how much you laugh when we read the badgy tales. They're great. Be a part of that. Be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to know. Mm-mm. It can be anonymous. So far, every badgy tale is anonymous. So far. <laughs> Except for Christina's badgy tale. Oh, yeah. because, that's true. because everybody knows all of my situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's okay. Because we're human and things yeah. happen. And that's okay. To the best of us. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Megan, you want to share a badgy tale real quick? Just kidding. No, I was like, <laughs> actually, I was just recent, recently sharing um, a badgy tale that we read on the story about the uh, genital um, lace. Oh yes, yeah, that was that was good. You know, that wasn't in a Vagitel episode. No, you're you're right. It that wasn't was at the end of like to hover or not to hover. Oh, that's right, to hover or not to hover. Yeah, but then, I will tell you that is definitely like one of my favorite, and I will never forget that story as yeah, long as I live. If if you don't. Was that the one, like the sleeping bag one? The sleeping bag. Yeah. If you don't go, if you didn't listen to that episode, you should go listen to it. Yeah. Because it is something. It, the end is a treat. The end is <laughs> the end is a treat. And that just serves you all right. Like every once in a while, we have a little prize at the end. If, yeah. you, wa- if you listen to the end. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. That's it. All right. <laughs> Welcome to our show. And here's the uh, new intro. The new intro. Take two. Hello. Hi. How you doing, Megan? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm, you know what? I'm hanging in there. Yeah. My work wife got back. I know. How great. I I was relieved for you. <laughs> <laughs> I lived at the hospital. I know you were very busy. For like two weeks. Yeah. Was it only two weeks? It was, well, it was, I think she was gone for 15 or 16 days. I felt like it was three weeks for you. I, I felt th- like it was a year. <laughs> it was so, it was so fun. It was, but very busy. But very busy. I think I caught 10 babies. Yeah. Um, and I helped with five cesareans. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure my family thought I was non-existent. Yeah, you had to have been. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. I think it was great. Well, it always is to be a part of, you know. To birth. me, it's my favorite thing in life. Yeah. Um, besides, you know, the normal favorite things that you could have. But I feel like I'm blessed to be able to mm-hmm. do what I do every day. Yeah, me too. I um, it's so much fun. You know? Yeah. It's really so much fun. It is so much fun. It is. Yeah. Can I just ask a question? Sure. Did you turn that on? <laughs> the, the I thought you were going to do it. I didn't. I didn't do it. So I'm going to do it right now. I'm no, gonna... I, I did not. So go ahead. Um. Yeah, so for those of you who yeah. can't see us yet because we didn't push record yeah. on our video, um, oh, we're trying to record we all of our episodes. We're going to get them up on YouTube. This <laughs> is the goal. Okay. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Christina's well, doing something over there. I don't um, know. I'm not sure what's going on with my hair today. We're, we're not going <laughs> to worry about it. Is the video going? The video is going. Very good. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> How have you been? Busy, yeah, really busy. Just like, all the things. School's crazy. School's crazy. 
Works yeah. crazy. School's crazy. Yeah, you were at the hospital the other day. I was. It was busy. It's been busy at work. I feel like before. I was in there with you. I did see you. No, were we? At, we were not. It was. I was moving. I was bouncing around. Yeah, I don't remember. To all the different places because it was so busy in just different places. And oh, so. you were trying to be at two births at once. I remember now. I was. That's what was happening. Yes. And I did. Perhaps I missed them both, actually. Now that I'm <laughs> recalling. <laughs> I actually was not present for either one, just the way that things that ended hilarious. up. But I was literally trying to be there for both. But you were trying so hard I was, to be there for both. It didn't work out. But, yeah. You know, sometimes. It, but it was great. It was a great night. And yeah. I always get to see my very bestest friends at that job. So. Yeah. I it's, love it. Yeah. It's, it's always a bonus when I get to see you. Mm-hmm. I know. I love it. Are you warm enough with Miss Winter Jacket I'm in a blanket? I'm okay right now. Okay. Well, we walked up here and it was freezing. There was no heat. Well, so- And already Christina lives at a far, far lower temperature than I do by like 10 degrees, I feel like. <laughs> and uh, so I always expect it to be a little chilly to my liking, but it was, it's frigid. Winter's yeah. on the way. Up here is, it's set to 50 and yeah, that's the heat's not on and it's right. 37 outside. Yeah, so I think it's a fair fifty in here right it now. Feels like a fair fifty. <laughs> my nose is cold. I can't. Well, my nose is a little chilly. Well, how can it not be? It's fifty degrees. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, but okay. So, should we dive in? Let's do it. We should dive in. Yeah, I'm talking today about miscarriages. Yes, and I I um specifically thought of this topic. I was working on something else. But I thought, well, you know what? I should probably do this one instead because I had I've had a couple in the office, and they're just, yeah. you know, there, there's not a whole lot of information about it, and there's so many different types. Yeah, and it's it can be a really scary thing for people, yeah. and a really, um, just like it can be a very traumatic time for people. It can be traumatic. Mm-hmm. It could be not traumatic not at traumatic. all, yep. but it can be, um, leave a lot of people with questions like, yep. how did this happen? Right. Why did this happen? What did I do? Which is often nothing, nothing. and you could do nothing differently. So yep. I just thought we should go into it and yeah. I'll, I'm going to kind of go through the different types of miscarriage yeah. and general, just some general yeah. things about different types. Yep. Are you ready? I am. Okay. So first of all, I just want to say in the medical profession. Yes, this is a hard. I just saw your first sentence. Oh, yeah. And so I'm glad you're, I knew you would, you have to mention this. Yes. But it's hard for people to understand this. So it really is. Yeah. So um, abortion, the word abortion and miscarriage are used interchangeably. It's the same word. In medical yes. jargon. Yeah. So um, I'll have somebody who's had maybe two um, miscarriages. If you have two or more, the the correct diagnosis for insurance is habitual aborter. Oh, wow. Which is terrible. I didn't know that. Yeah. And when you hear those yeah. words, you're like, I didn't do anything. Right. Like, this happened to me. Right. I didn't do anything. And Yes, that yeah. is true. Mm-hmm. And that is not what we're saying when you see those um, medical in, yeah. um, codes, but that's just what we have to label right. it as. And so moving forward, I might say miscarriage and I might say spontaneous abortion. Yeah. Um, the difference between a spontaneous abortion and elective abortion are just that one happens to you and one you select. Um, so abortion itself is just. A term, it, it means the ending of a pregnancy. It means the termination of a pregnancy, yeah. either naturally or yeah. induced. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. That's all I'll say on that. And I'll move yeah. forward. Um, I think it's very incredibly important to understand that, though. Yes. If you don't yeah. get anything out of that, out of this, like that's a huge thing. Huge. Twenty six percent, so one in four mm-hmm. of all pregnancies mm-hmm. end in a miscarriage. Yeah, and that's a staggering. It's a lot statistic. of women. So many women, yeah. and I think until you have one, you don't realize how many people have one and how common they are. Yeah, because. Um, people don't talk about it unless you have one and then they're, they're willing to open up and share about the Mm -hmm. one that they had and how they felt, but you feel pretty isolated when it happens to you. Yeah. And I don't think that you realize that 
it's that many people. So common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 10% of clinically recognized pregnancies end up in um, a miscarriage. And the reason that it's vastly different is because many spontaneous abortions occur before you go in right. for your first appointment. Yep. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, 80% of early pregnancy loss occurs in the first trimester. Yep. Um, so that's, just think about that. You know, we talk about that your risk goes down significantly mm-hmm. after 12, 13 weeks. And that's true. It's true. Uh, because yeah. most or the majority go away or, you know, happen in that first trimester. Mm-hmm. But um, you, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's not all miscarriages occur right. in the first trimester. Right. Um, the risk of miscarriage significantly goes down between 12 and 15 weeks, depending on who you are. And um, and when there's no fetal genetic abnormalities. Right. So usually your body identifies a, a fetal abnormality in that first trimester. And, and then I call the pregnancy a, um, an abnormal pregnancy. Yeah. Um, the most common cause of first trimester loss is chromosomal abnormalities. So something I always like to say that you're, um, you know, I like to use the zipper, mm-hmm. um, kind of like your DNA from the egg and the sperm, like they zipper together mm-hmm. in nanoseconds. And if you, um, if something just like if you just miss one of those little zipper teeth, mm-hmm. then it's abnormal, mm-hmm. and your body's gonna recognize that as abnormal. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, when you're having these early losses, it's too early to identify what exactly happened or why it occurred. Right. So it's more we're saying that it's probably this because that's mm-hmm. the most likely. Right. With what we know, um, we know with. Most, if, you know, most pregnancies that end in a miscarriage, there's nothing that you can do to cause it mm-hmm. unless you're really trying right? or to prevent it. So yeah. if it happens, it was going to happen. Right. And you can't do anything different, nor right. um, should you have any mama guilt saying yeah. I should have done this, this or that. Yeah. A lot of people will talk about how. Oh man, if I wouldn't, if I would have known sooner, I wouldn't have gone out and had a few drinks and that right. probably, there's so much guilt that goes around it and there's n- nothing that you can do to change it. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's no single predictor of impending loss. So there's nothing that tells you like, Hey, this is going to happen, mm-hmm. but there are some increased risks that can be associated with miscarriage. Okay. Um, bleeding is one of the most predictive risk factors. So if you have bleeding, um, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a miscarriage, but your risk is a little bit higher. And so if you have bleeding, you should go in. Mm-hmm. And this is bleeding that's not like spotting on your tissue, generally mm-hmm. speaking, but it's mm-hmm. like, you yeah. know, a handful of blood or right. bright red bleeding with cramping. Right. Um, so if you have anything like that and you know you're pregnant, go in. Mm-hmm. Um Women who are age 20 to 30 have an 8.9% chance of miscarriage mm-hmm. at less than 20 weeks. Okay. Okay. But women who are over the age of 40, mm-hmm. that is 74.7%. Wow. Isn't that? Insane? I had, I mean, I knew obviously that there was an increased risk with age, but I didn't realize it was so significant. So remember 35 Mm -hmm. is kind of between 30 and 40, but 40, your risk goes up again significantly. You know, you were talking about those linear jumps and 40 is a significant linear jump with risk. Yeah. Um, A previous pregnancy history loss. So after your first pregnancy loss, um, 20%, 20%, so one in five, mm-hmm. you'll have another loss. Um, 28% will have another loss if they've had two consecutive, so like oh, back to back. Okay. And then if you've had three consecutive, you'll have another loss, like 43% to w- of women. Oh. So um, it's not, you know, one is pretty common. Two is less common and three is even less common right. with more risk factors. Like there's probably more of a why there right. if you're having more than one. Sure. Um, there are some com- comorbidities that can um, contribute like thrombocytopenia okay. or not thrombocytopenia. 
thrombophilia okay um or antiphospholipid antibody syndrome oh. which is like um it's um it's a what's it called i'm tired it's an auto recessive um autoimmune <laughs> My land. It took me a, lot, a while to get there. It's an autoimmune um, condition of some sort. Okay. Um, so usually it, you can have um, different types of autoimmune things that right. it makes it harder for your body to maintain a pregnancy. Sure. Um, or extremes of maternal weight. So if you have a really low BMI or really high BMI, both of those can have an effect on carrying a pregnancy. Um, and then also hypertension is a significant risk factor. Also, of course, you can't leave out smoking, sure. large amounts of caffeine, trauma, or malnutrition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, spontaneous, um, spontaneous abortion technically is loss of pregnancy before 20 weeks. Okay. And ACOG, or the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists, say that um, – this is the most common, or they estimate that this is the most common cause of pregnancy loss okay. or the most common form. Mm -hmm. But spontaneous abortion occurs in so many different ways. Right. So I'm going to try to break it down. Okay. The first thing I want to talk about is chemical pregnancy. Okay. Are you familiar with pregnancy? Okay. I, I'm pregnancies? excited to just revisit these things that I haven't thought about in a long time. And yeah, and not entirely could not. Uh, tell you exactly so yeah so this is a, a loss that um generally occurs before the fifth week of pregnancy okay. um so an embryo forms and it might even embed into the uterus but then it stops developing mm. and so these pregnancies happen so early that some people don't even realize they're pregnant they have a period mm -hmm. and um they're like oh man my period was late but it was See. really um a chemical pregnancy okay. And um, the word chemical, all it means is that it's a hormonal right. or your chemicals, yeah. which are your hormones, that have changed. Mm -hmm. And they create a positive pregnancy hormone, mm -hmm. um, but then you're, it, it's not a normal like a, pregnancy, right. and so your body will abort that. Okay. Um, so okay. signs and symptoms of this, it could, it could be just that your period's late by a week, and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, man, I have a, a late cycle. A lot of people don't know, and that's okay. You don't have to know, but yeah. it's also why our statistics could be off. Sure, right? Because a I lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for that one, for sure. Yeah, and you probably have heard a lot of people say, "Well, I had this positive pregnancy test, right?" But then I had a period, right? And those are generally chemical pregnancies. Okay. Like maybe your body started to develop, right, um, a pregnancy, and then it said, "Nope, there's nothing there to keep going." Yeah, um, or some people have really hard, heavy, cramping, um, heavy mm. periods. And they're like, mm -hmm. wow, that was unusual. Okay. That can be another sign that maybe there was something more going on that didn't, okay. doesn't always mean that. Right. So it's really important to know that like, it does, like every time you have a heavy crampy period does yeah, not no, indicate right. chemical, <laughs> chemical pregnancy, pregnancy, but it yeah. could be one of the things that could say, oh man, maybe that happened. Sure. Especially if you're trying to get pregnant. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, no one really knows what causes it. But the general belief is that the embryo stopped developing related to a problem with the genetic makeup mm -hmm. of the DNA. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Nobody really knows. Yeah. It's like probably so a things. DNA thing. <laughs> um, and it's important to know, though, that you can ovulate two weeks after a chemical pregnancy and get oh. pregnant again. Oh, right away then. So not even really yeah. notice. I bet there, I bet this happens frequently. frequently. Yeah. Then there's um, a spontaneous abortion that's called a blighted ovum. Okay. And this is also called an anembryonic pregnancy. Okay. And so what will happen is the fertilized egg implants into the uterus, um, but doesn't develop into an embryo. And so the embryo stops growing, but the sac continues to grow. Ah, I see. And so you'll, um, you'll have... Symptoms of pregnancy, okay. and um, when you, a lot of people will identify this when they go in and they get their first ultrasound, and there's nothing in the sac. I see. Yeah, and it's super devastating. That is because yes. you've had all of these symptoms. Yes. Your pregnancy test is still positive. You have no bleeding, and it's just empty. There's yeah. nothing in there. Yeah, That's and this tough. is the number one cause of first trimester oh. uh, miscarriages. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. this is generally caused by a chromosomal abnormality during cell division. Right. Yeah. As most of miscarriages are there. Most of them are, um, you know, Mm -hmm. genetically um, abnormal. Um, Missed abortion or a missed miscarriage. What do you think that is? I know, right? It's like, what are all these names? Why missed? Okay, I don't know. I, <laughs> I can't. So this is where, um, when you go in there um, to to be examined, or maybe you've had an ultrasound early in pregnancy, and then you go in the second time, and they look again, and there's no fetal heart tones. So um, the the baby has died, and um, or not developed but your body hasn't gotten rid of it. And so I see there's no fetal heart tones. Okay. Um, And, you know, this comes as a complete shock usually. Yeah. Um, So you might've had that first visit at six weeks and then you go back at 10 weeks and they can't hear with a Doppler. um, And so they look with an ultrasound Mm -hmm. and um, there's no fetal heart tones. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what a missed miscarriage is. Then there's threatened miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Um, This is vaginal bleeding that occurs before 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. So this can be mild or moderate. Um, It can be painful or not painful. And it can cause like lower abdominal or lower back pain, maybe some pelvic pressure. Um, But vaginal bleeding is associated with it. And um, the vaginal bleeding first occurs and then cramping follows after it, generally speaking. Okay. Um, usually this, this person has to have a positive pregnancy test for it to be a threatened abortion, um, or positive fetal heart tones on ultrasound. So you might come in for bleeding and, um, there's still positive heart tones. And so you're like, okay, this is a threatened miscarriage. Right. Um, but not necessarily going to be a miscarriage, which happens actually a fair amount. Yeah. Um, their cervix is usually closed mm-hmm. and, um, there's been no passage that the patient is aware of, of like products of conception. Sure. And I should tell you products of con- conception are ma- everything that encompasses a pregnancy, like, um, the sac, the yolk sac, the gestational mm-hmm. sac, anything that's inside of that. Yeah. Um, my sister had, um, a subchorionic hemorrhage and she called me very panicked because she had filled the toilet with blood Yep, and she was very concerned and she went and it was a subchorionic hemorrhage hemorrhage that resolved and super scary, but they're all, they're often self-resolving Yeah, unless they're really, really big, but they can, they, they can make you bleed. Yeah. She Mm -hmm. said it filled the toilet. Like it was. And water always makes blood. Makes it look way worse. Way worse. Just remember that. Yes. Water makes blood way worse. But um, look like twice as big as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's scary. It is scary. And yeah. But most of the time a subchorionic hemorrhage is self limited. Yeah. Meaning your body will just kind of take, reabsorb it and, and it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the World Health Organization definition of a threatened abortion is pregnancy-related bloody vaginal discharge or frank red bleeding um, during the first half of pregnancy without cervical dilation. Okay. So kind of what I just said. And that can be lots of different things. Yeah, so many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 25% of pregnant women will have bleeding in the first or second trimester. Yeah, well then, it's, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And of those, 50 will go on to have pregnancy loss 50 percent okay Mm -hmm. okay but we're talking first and second trimester right Mm -hmm. right um and then the risk of threatened abortion is less if fetal heart rates are already present oh and a fetal heart rate is present at day 28 yeah yeah super early yeah so um interesting yeah that is interesting inevitable miscarriage it's coming. It may not have happened yet. It's, it's inevitable. Coming. So there's vaginal bleeding. Your cervix is open, which means that there's not there's no integrity of the cervix right. to hold a pregnancy in, um, and likely the products of conception are going to pass through right. the cervix in the near future, mm-hmm. if not already. And the ultrasound can show that there's a heart rate 
or no heart rate. Mm-hmm. It just really depends. Mm-hmm. So that's what an inevitable one is. Mm-hmm. Um, an incomplete abortion is exactly how it so- sounds. Mm-hmm. It's a partial loss of products of conception before 20 weeks, and it's um, a subtype of spontaneous abortion. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, These women generally present with severe or moderate bleeding and discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it can be related to a severe abdominal pain, but you don't have to have abdominal pain or pelvic pain. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, complications of that are like sepsis or um, hemorrhage mm-hmm. because you're bleeding. Um, the most common infection you can get from that is like um, a strep B infection or oh. E. coli. And it's usually because of retained products ah, of conception. So, interesting. Um, you know, if it, if you pass part of it, but not all of it, mm-hmm. then you can form a, an infection. Mm-hmm. Um, a complete miscarriage is initial that um, vaginal bleeding and passing of products of conception through the cervix, and there's no more evidence of pregnancy within the uterus on okay. ultrasound. Okay. Then there's septic. That miscarriage. Scary. Septic's yeah, miscarriage is scary. But that's when you get an infection in the uterus and it can be life-threatening yeah. and you need immediate care. Right. So um, generally you're going to be on antibiotics, mm-hmm. admission, or maybe not admission, just depends on um, how sick you are. And you're going to probably feel terrible. You're going to feel really lousy. Yeah. Yeah. And so that can be any of those above types mm-hmm. of um, miscarriage that I've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Then there's ectopic pregnancy. Oh, yeah. So I want to just go into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, it is a type of miscarriage, honestly. It is. But the word ectopic means out of place. Right. So it just means that it's not in the right spot. It's not, and it's going to cause trouble. It's going to cause big trouble. Yeah. And it usually occurs when the pregnancy is outside of, well, it always occurs, not yeah. usually, <laughs> um, outside of the womb or the uterus. And it generally occurs mm-hmm. in the fallopian tube. Yeah. Um, and once the egg is fertilized, it generally travels down the tube. Make Just like that, with, yeah. that <laughs> with those movements. Um, and then it attaches to the lining of the uterus somewhere yeah. within the uterus. Yeah. But most ectopic pregnancies, it flies, but then it stops and it yeah. doesn't, it starts attaching before it gets to the uterus. Yeah. Um, so that's where they're generally found. But you can find pregnancies as you were talking about that one time. Remember, um, you said that there's pregnancy grew in the abdomen. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know why. Yeah. But it did. It did. But you it can, an embryo can attach to an ovary or mm-hmm. a cervix mm-hmm. or your abdomen. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. But it's it very crazy. it's much less often. It's usually in a tube. Oh, yeah. I think it, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Without treatment, an ectopic pregnancy can be a big deal. Yeah. It can cause like bleeding. Yeah. yeah. Um, growth of the embryo will cause the fallopian tube to burst open mm-hmm. or rupture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that can lead to bleeding that, if not treated, causes right. um, death. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but ectopic pregnancy always um, ends in pregnancy loss. It always, yeah. You said you had one. I did not have an ectopic pregnancy. But no, not no, but that whoever you were talking about who had a baby on the outside of the uterus that lived. What didn't you have a story? I did, but it wasn't the, it, somebody I knew live. though. No, no, I know, oh. but it was no. I think was, there is re- record of, of of it. Yes, that's what I thought because no, yes, I remembered that, and I was like, well, the, but not a, it. But it could not have implanted in the fallopian tube. It had no. to have been. Yeah, it, it was it somewhere. somewhere so else. really, it would be better if it implanted in the abdomen because. I don't think that it's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I agree. 120%. But better than the fallopian tube. Yeah. I well, don't know. Sure. It could be Just because that's really... I have a friend who she had an ectopic pregnancy and she woke up in the ICU and her sister... If her sister would not have found her, her sister-in-law, I think, wow. she would have died. I yeah. mean, she was just... So scary. It, yeah. And she passed out and she didn't know what was happening. Like, yeah. It's really terrifying. Yeah. Those ectopic pregnancies. Yeah. They're scary. Very. Yeah. Um, about one in 50 pregnancies are ectopic. Wow. So that's 2% in the United States. Yeah. That's, but that's a lot. That's two out of a hundred people. I mean, that is a lot yeah. of ectopic yeah. pregnancies happening. Yeah. And they, if they're in the tube, 
they have to be sur- it's surgical intervention. Yeah. And yep. Yeah. It is. And sometimes they can save your tube, but if it's already ruptured, a lot of times they cannot. Right. But you have two fallopian tubes and you have two ovaries. So if they have to take an ovary, if they have to take a tube, um, that's, I mean, we need to save your life and then you can get pregnant on the other side. Yeah. From the other tube. It happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Molar pregnancy. Yeah. This one, I can't remember this one at all, but this one I feel like isn't a pregnancy. It is. Well, it kind of is. Go ahead. Okay. It's been a while since I, mean, I read up on the molar pregnancy. A, it is because it's a molar pregnancy. Um, but it's not really a viable okay. pregnancy. But this occurs when an egg and a sperm join incorrectly. And um, that fertilization form a non-cancerous tumor. Okay. That. <laughs> so. such, okay. No, we're not going to have a baby today. <laughs> we're going to have a tumor. We're going to have two months. <laughs> <laughs> it had teeth and a spinal column. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> That's from that movie. Um, my pet everybody, <laughs> I think. Um, so the so this tumor looks like like tiny little water-filled sacs, like a cluster of grapes. Okay. Okay. And it can't support a developing embryo. So the pregnancy ends. Right. But there's types of molar pregnancy, okay. which are all very different. Really? So there's a complete molar pregnancy, okay. which means that no embryo forms. A sperm fertilizes the empty egg. And then the, em- the egg is empty, not allowing the embryo to grow. But the placenta tissue keeps growing. And it creates those little cyst-like tumors. This is really interesting. This is like a story. Yeah. So then the tissue of um that placenta tissue gives off hcg right so then you and have then a positive feel pregnancy test pregnant ah oh, and you feel pregnant mm-hmm. and then yeah that's tough I, mm-hmm. yeah partial so there's a complete and there's a partial molar pregnancy the partial is when um the abnormal placenta forms along with the embryo but two sperm fertilize one egg so that's a How situation. That <laughs> that's a situation. So then the embryo has an extra set of chromosomes, and that's not gonna that's, that's not gonna work. Well. Not gonna create a human. That's that's right? right. So then the embryo can start to develop, but can't survive. Essentially. Okay. Okay. Wow. It always results in a pregnancy loss. Sure. Because there's really not a fetus. Yeah. It's like tissue. Um. And usually cervical intervention and a DNC is needed to, okay. to remove it because they could be really tricky and keep growing. Sure. that's how, t- like, the what tissue does that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. I need to go back to the one where the sperm fertilizes an empty egg. Yeah. That's really... I'm just trying to picture... What is the... What's the bad boy doing? I don't understand. The egg or the the sperm? Not the sperm. Well, it's trying to get in there. And then there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Wow. What a way to like crash a party that was never going to happen. <laughs> like, so true. It was never meant to be. He's like, I made it. Just kidding. <laughs> right. That was a big letdown. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. A big letdown. I always picture the videos where they're like, like trying so hard or- to get in and they like the. I know, like, look, look who's talking. Yes. Remember, that's like where I go every time. Look who's talking and they're talking, you know, they're all yeah. talking to each other and they're going after that. They're yeah. not. And then you get in but, and there's just nothing there. Yeah. Have you ever seen sperm on a slide? Yeah. They're all over the they place. Are. And they're like wiggling. They're wiggling all over. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They're busy little guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why it does. Th- I don't know why the egg is empty. If you're wondering. Were you wondering? I was. I'm not real sure what causes <laughs> that. I could look into it. It's okay. I, we'll get stay there. Stay tuned. Well, yeah, stay tuned. I'm sure we'll, we'll bring there. it up again. That's just hilarious. I'm just, yeah. Okay. All right. Carry on. So, um, so surgical removal is yeah. required with a like a di- uh, I said a DNC, which is a dilation where they dilate, open your um, cervix manually, and then curettage, which is where they kind of go in and scrape. Um, scrape out the uterine lining or they suction it out. Right. Probably in this case, they would probably scrape it. I'm not a surgeon though, so I don't know. Right. 
Um, so complications of a molar pregnancy mm-hmm. is that parts of the molar pregnancy can remain in the uterus even after surgical treatment. Um, and oh. so we really have to make sure that we're watching those HCG levels to less than three, Okay, um, which means that you're not pregnant. So uh, hypothetically, it could just continue to grow if you don't remove all of it. Yes. And then that makes abnormal cells grow into the muscle of the uterus. Oh. And that's called an invasive mole. Oh. And it can, it's rare. Okay. Super rare. But that and sounds happens, problematic. And how do you get it out of there without damaging the uterine muscle? Right. Which that then could affect your ability to maintain a pregnancy. Yeah, exactly. Or to have a vaginal birth. Okay. Depending on how invasive it was. Sure. Um, it ha- it's super rare. It happens yeah. in less than 15% of molar pregnancies. Okay. Which in itself is rare. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I didn't look at I didn't look at how often it is, but it's less than octopic. Right. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I didn't look. That's okay. Um, in very rare cases, so even more rare, it can cause cancer. Okay. Um, it's I called was... choriocarcinoma. Okay. I was wondering about that because when you talk about abnormal cells, mm-hmm. you know, that's what cancer is. Yeah. So and this will form within the uterus and it spreads to other parts of the body and it requires radiation and chemo like. Like, like, okay, wow, interesting. Yeah. The molar yeah. pregnancies. Yeah. So anytime you're looking at a miscarriage of any type, there's an evaluation process that happens. Sure. And the gold standard for examining inner uterine contents is an ultrasound. Um, and that'll check for viability. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, this can be done alone, but is often paired with HCG quants. Okay. So HCG, we use, we throw a little r- word around, but it's human chorionic gonadotropin. Mm-hmm. Remember when I couldn't remember? Mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. You're like, yes, I, I always remember, remember I do, I when you can't remember, remember things. Thanks. Because we sat here, try- yeah, it was, yeah. It was so amazing. one HCG level, and I think it's really important for people to know this, but one HCG level means nothing. Okay. Other than you're pregnant if it's positive. Okay. If you have... 3,000 or 40,000, it means nothing to me in terms of viability of your pregnancy. Okay. So between the weeks of 6 and 10, I'm just making that up right now. It's about that, 6 and 10. um, they Your HCG levels should double every 48 hours. Okay. And if they're not, that means that you have an abnormal pregnancy happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, ACOG recommends serial HCG. So that's getting one and then two days later getting another and then two days later getting another. Okay. Usually after the second one, if it's dropping, I will tell my mamas, hey, this is an abnormal pregnancy. And then, um, you know, what would you like to do to confirm that? So usually it's an ultrasound and you confirm it with HCGs or it could be reverse if you can't see anything on ultrasound because it's too early then maybe they'll get HCGs done and then we do a confirmation ultrasound because there's nothing worse than not being 100% sure, sure. before yeah. you do something sure to intervene with a you know miscarriage right um so both of those are what we use and then treatment so that's a whole nother ball of wax mm-hmm. but ideally um your clinician or your provider is going to guide you as to what the most appropriate is for the situation. Sure. But often there's not a most appropriate. It's just like what preference you have. Right. Um, And so if there's no emergency, if you have no emergent situation happening, like an ectopic or significant bleeding, then there's no difference in the treatment options in terms of consequences long-term. So it's important to know that like long-term consequences are going to be the same for all of the interventions if you're not currently having an emergent situation. Right. And your provider will tell you if this is an emergent situation or they should. (laughs) They should. Yeah. Um, There are, however, timeframes that make one more appropriate than another Mm -hmm. in terms of intervention Um, or safer, you know. So expectant management. Are you familiar with expectant management? I I am (laughs) a bit familiar. Just a little. Um, This is when you don't have symptoms. There's no emergency. There's no infection. You can just let yourself go Mm -hmm. in terms of 
weaning and seeing what your body will do over time. So if you come in and you have a, well, the missed AB so, or the missed abortion, um, we do an ultrasound. There's a, either a blighted ovum or there's a, um, a fetus within the um, gestational sac with no heart rate. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of say, okay, I'm just going to see what my body does. And right. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, most just take a few weeks to kind of sit in and, and start happening, but some can take up to eight weeks. Wow. And that. That's a long to time. Have a clean, yeah. Yeah. So 80% will pass on their own by eight weeks, mm-hmm. but that is so long. I wrote it right here. This is a long time mm-hmm. and it, it's a highly emotional time. Mm-hmm. And usually people don't want to wait that long, mm-hmm. which is reasonable to not wait that long. Um, but if it doesn't happen on its own, you'll need surgical intervention mm-hmm. or some sort of intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, the expected management is also just limited to people who are having a loss in their first trimester. Mm-hmm. So there's just not studies beyond that to say how safe it is to just kind of see what happens. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you need to make a decision that day. Right. Like a lot of times um, if there's no emergency, you have time to go home, talk with your family, mm-hmm. have a night's sleep, take it all in and then make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um Medication is an option in some situations. Um, there's medications we give that you can take home and take or that are used in combination. Um, and women will generally, after taking this medication one or two times, have a complete expulsion of the pregnancy within three days. So you have to, you know, have time right. and be at home and understand that, um, you know, you're going to have symptoms. Mm-hmm. It's going to get intense. And then it, it's usually intense for a couple of hours and then it gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, and very few need um, a subsequent uterine curatage or DNC, but that can happen. Mm-hmm. So if you take the medicine and your body starts, it could do a partial mm-hmm. um, abortion, but not a complete abortion, which then leads you to have to, to go have in and the have the surgical anyway. intervention. Yeah. Okay. Which leads us to surgical intervention, yeah. which is the DNC, the dilation and curatage. And this is mild. It requires anesthesia. Um, Some offices offer this like just under IV sedation and others you go to the hospital and get um, general anesthesia. And so depending on how far along you are or where you are um, will depend on what type of anesthesia they'll offer. But your, your cervix is manually opened and then they'll take and scoop out products of conception either with a suction or with uh, curatage. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the preferred method if you're bleeding. Mm-hmm. If you have an emergency, you know, um, hemostasis is the most important thing. Right. Making sure that you're not bleeding or having a hemorrhage is extremely important. And the only way to do that efficiently and quickly is with surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times if you're bleeding heavily, that's going to be their first recommendation mm-hmm. is to do that. The success of um, surgical removal is 99%. Sure. So it's very successful yeah. um, in most instances. Mm-hmm. And um, risks or consequences or complications of all three of the options are really low. Um, and hemorrhage or infection are the two most common. Mm-hmm. And you can have them with all three. Mm-hmm. So expected management, medication, or um, surgical intervention. Mm-hmm. And usually it's a hard choice, but people have a, like a gut feeling of what they should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whatever, well, however you're feeling is what you should do. Yeah. And your provider will help you kind of um, decide which one's best. Right. Um, and hopefully give you a little bit of guidance in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, what, yeah, yeah, well, where you what are, your and are and what's going to, what your options, yeah, yeah. So that and, you can make an informed decision. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. if you feel like you don't know, like what your risks are, ask them. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's their job to tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I thought it was done, but I'm not. Okay. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Recovery. So, um, I think it's important to talk about recovery. Can be a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Or it can be a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, signs of a problem would be heavy bleeding for more than two days or more than two pads. Not not heavy bleeding for, or not any bleeding for longer than two days. Because you're going to bleed for, uh, you can bleed for a couple of weeks. Right. But heavy bleeding mm-hmm. for more than two days or bleeding more than two pads an hour. Mm-hmm. 
for two hours in a row. Okay. That's too much. Okay. If you get a fever, chills, or abdominal pain, sure. like say you started an, um, a miscarriage and you're like, oh, I don't want to go in. Like, it's okay to just see what happens. But if you're having any of those, mm-hmm. go in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that it's important for people to know that your mental um, recovery is often longer than your mm-hmm. physical recovery. Yeah. And so um, it's also important to remember that each individual has differing opinion on on this loss mm-hmm. and what that means to mm-hmm. them, even within partners. Mm-hmm. So um, one can think it's devastating and another mm-hmm. is like, eh, it wasn't nothing yet, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and nobody's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just important to remember that everybody is it's, different yeah. and um, emotional healing mm-hmm. for somebody who is devastated by the loss can take a long Quite time. Sometime. Yeah. And um, you might need to find a counselor or, um, or a support group. There's a lot of online support groups that just make people feel like they're not alone right. because a lot of times our partners are not super, mm-hmm. um, they're not super supportive yeah. and they say silly things. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's important to know that both sides are normal. Yeah. Like if you're not devastated by a loss, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. You are not abnormal. Right. That is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to remember that other people might mm-hmm. feel completely different. Yeah. Like I had a, I had a loss mm-hmm. and I was devastated. And my husband's like, we just try again. I'm like, yeah, but I just lost this baby. You know what I mean? And so it just, we were in a different spot. Mm -hmm. And I think I just had to tell him like, hey, this is what this meant to me. And so then when you talk about it, it's better. Yeah. Theoretically or hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes um, it takes men and family members to, for you know time for bonding oftentimes mm-hmm. is after birth yeah. and so it's more likely that you're going to be more upset than mm-hmm. your partner yeah. um and just knowing that that's because you carried right. the pregnancy yeah. and they didn't mm-hmm. um both are normal i can't stress that enough mm-hmm. there is nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. if you don't think that it's traumatic or you don't aren't devastated by the loss um there's not a right way to respond to loss it's, yeah okay um and often people wonder what to say when somebody tells you. Because yeah. a lot of people get really excited now and they find out so early and then they I have know. all it's, of these people to tell. Yeah. And um, the best thing to say if somebody tells you that they've experienced a loss is, I'm so sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. And nothing else. Nothing else. I nothing said, leave else. it at that. We leave actually it had at one point like this this paper to give family members if we need of things like maybe i just made this up i've seen this somewhere things not to say to people yeah that while you think you may be helping like you're probably not unless yeah. you just say i'm so sorry for your loss yeah you know yeah and i'm here yes for you and that and if and that is enough yep that is enough and if they want to talk about it they will yes and you have given them a an open opportunity to do, to do that. that yeah but there are so many things that you can think of right now that you would want to say. Yeah. Just don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Uh, it's yeah. It's never going to be right. It's no, it comes from a place of, of goodness. It's a and good, good, intention. good intentions, but good intentions um, don't always feel good. And even if you're saying the right thing for you, it's, it's, it's not necessarily the right, right thing for them. Yeah. So just, I'm so sorry. Or do yeah. you want to talk about it? Yeah. Are the only things that you should say. Yeah. Okay. I like that you added that. Yes. I think it's super important. Yeah. And also then you don't have to think of anything else because it can be very uncomfortable too. Right. Yeah. You know, to, you know, tell somebody that, but if all you have to say is, I'm just so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Return to fertility is a lot of times something that people wonder about, like, Mm -hmm. when should I try again? Yeah. Um, And there's not a ton of data to support, to support delaying um, trying again Mm -hmm. or, um, getting pregnant after pregnancy loss, but a lot of providers, most providers recommend at least two cycles mm-hmm. and there's no data to support that. It's just sure. a recommendation. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know what to tell people. Yeah. So I'll just tell people that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, most recommendations are to avoid vaginal intercourse for one to two weeks. But remember that after 
a loss, you can be fertile in two weeks, you know, so you can get pregnant right away. I always love to say that my little Corlin was my rainbow baby. I never had a period before I was pregnant again. And, um, you know, I don't know if that was right or wrong, but it's just what happened. Right. And um, I'm thankful. Yeah. You know, so there's not a right or wrong. Okay. I tell people to start trying again when they're mentally prepared. Your body is probably more physically ready than your brain is and and your heart. So just make sure your heart and your your mind are ready. Yeah. Um, And then if you've had more than one loss, um, or more than two, really, I should say, you could consider karyotyping. So Mm -hmm. ask your provider about that. Um, You know, this can rule out chromosomal abnormalities if you can get products of conception, which is so hard early. But talk with somebody if you're having more than one. Yeah. More than two. Mm -hmm. Um, More than one, we don't often offer much, but more than two, we do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, talk to your provider. If you're out there and you're struggling, go find a group. Yeah. Um, to, to be a part of, let somebody know you're struggling because yeah. often they don't know. Right. And um, remember that one in five women are one in four or one in four, rather one, sorry, in, four. one in four women are, have, have experienced this. And yeah. So there's a lot of us out there. So, if, you know, we're just one in two and I've had one and I have two. So we're a hundred percent right here on this couch. Right. Yeah. So just, you know, talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more people out there than, you know, that are, you know, wondering. Right. Or experiencing a loss. Yeah. Don't forget to like us. Yes. Don't like forget us, to review, review us. Review us. Share us. Share us. Share your stories. Share your stories. The <laughs> AOS 411.com. Dot com. Yeah. And or click on the show notes below yeah. where it says story here. Yeah. <laughs> click. <laughs> yeah. Or you can email them to the AOS411 at gmail.com. Yep. 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 Any way that you get us your stories nowadays is fine. Yeah. And yeah, any way you want to share, yeah. you can email me, you can drop it off at the office. You can, yeah, I don't, we don't have a post office yet, but yeah, um, yeah share your stories and any, anything that you might find um, is meaningful to other people. Yeah. There well, we go. hope you keep listening. We do. And we hope you feel enlightened. And we hope you spread Love and laughter. We do. Megan just looked at me like, what are you doing? And I don't know. I'm just having a good old time over here. Okay. All right. Have a good day. Bye.